0: We call it a war, and for 41 years we have been fighting it, a war on drugs. The estimated cost so far, about $2.5 trillion. The results so far, mixed. So what does it say that voters in Colorado and Washington State recently went to the ballot box and decided to legalize one of the drugs we've been fighting all of these years, weed, pot, marijuana? What is that? Is it treason, or is it a facing up to a certain social reality? Those are a lot of questions, but they all boil down to the one that we're going to be debating here tonight, and here it is. Yes or no to this statement, legalize drugs. That is the motion on the table. A debate from Intelligence Squared US. I'm John Donvan. We have four superbly qualified debaters who will be arguing for and against it, legalize drugs. We go in three rounds, then the audience votes to choose the winner, and only one side wins. Meeting our debaters, on the side arguing for the motion, legalized drugs, Paul Butler, professor of law at Georgetown and former federal prosecutor. After Harvard Law, you clerked for a judge, you worked in corporate law, Uh, you then became a federal prosecutor and worked with the Department of Justice, but then something happened that made you give it all up, and it changed the way you thought about the criminal justice system. What was it?
1: So somebody forgot to tell the police about all those credentials, and I got arrested for a crime I didn't commit. It was when I had the most high-profile case as a prosecutor. I was prosecuting a U.S. senator, and I got locked up. You can read all about it in the first chapter of my book, Let's Get Free, A Hip-Hop Theory of Justice. <laughs> <laughs> Commercials allowed. And, and your partner is? My partner is
0: Nick Gillespie. Ladies and gentlemen, Nick Gillespie. Nick, you are editor-in-chief of the Libertarian Reason.com and Reason TV. I am you not have, guilty. You have talked about the fact that you have used both legal and illegal drugs recreationally. Uh, interestingly, you once lived on a street called Stoner Avenue. <laughs> but what, what is your take seriously on, the, on recreational drug use? Is there a danger involved in them?
2: I'd say the only danger is uh, that uh, oftentimes you run out. Our motion, legalize drugs, and the team (laughs) arguing against
0: the motion. Uh, First, ladies and gentlemen, Theodore Dalrymple. (laughs) Theodore Dalrymple is your pen name. We'll say this just once. Your real name is Anthony Daniels, for people who like the specificity. Uh, But you are a writer, uh, a former prison doctor. In prison, you specialized in cases involving drug offenders, and you came away from that experiencing... Experience thinking that we have the relationship between crime and drugs wrong. In in what way, Peter? Uh,
3: I don't believe in the causative relationship between drugs and crime and bad behaviour. Actually, uh, but it's always tempting for people to ascribe uh, human misbehaviour to an external factor uh, when actually it's internal. And your partner is uh, Asa Hutchinson.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Asa Hutchinson. Asa Hutchinson, you are uh, a former administrator of the Drug Enforcement Administration. You you were also um, uh, a long-term member of Congress. You had served two terms. You had just been elected for the third time when President Bush tapped you to uh, go to the uh, DEA. Why did you make the choice to do
4: that? How do you say no to the president when he asks you to do something? <laughs> <laughs> you try to say yes, uh, it, it, jokingly, but uh, seriously, what a great agency, and I wanted to bring not just enforcement efforts, the DEA, but also demand reduction efforts and cooperation with the rehabilitation community.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, our four debaters. (laughs) So on to round one, opening statements from each debater in turn. Our motion is legalize drugs, and here to speak first for the motion, Paul Butler. He is a professor of law at Georgetown, a former federal prosecutor, and one of the nation's most frequently consulted scholars on race and criminal justice. Ladies and gentlemen, Paul Butler.
1: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Paul Butler, and I represent the people. When I was a prosecutor, that's how I would start my opening statements, Uh, I put a lot of people in prison. I was a soldier in the war on drugs, and tonight I'm going to give you a soldier's perspective on why that war is a colossal failure. As a prosecutor, I learned that as many people as I locked up, we weren't making a dent in the drug trade. We were actually making neighborhoods less safe. I was prosecuting a lot of 19- and 20-year-olds for nonviolent drug offenses. Locking up these young people with a bunch of hardcore rapists and murderers was like sending them to finishing school for criminals. If we legalize drugs, we will stop the counterproductive practice of treating kids the same way that we treat violent criminals, and we would all be safer. The United States locks up more people than any country in the history of the world. We have 5% of the world's population and 25% of the world's prisoners It costs us billions of dollars that we just cannot afford, and it's just as easy to get drugs now as it always has been. What about drug addicts? Um, We know that treatment is a more effective solution than punishment for those people. Most of us are lucky. We don't have a, a crackhead or a meth addict in our family, but everybody's got an alcoholic in the family. But is the answer to make using alcohol a crime? Of course not. We tried that during prohibition, and it just did not work. All we did was create this illegal, violent market for liquor, just like for other drugs now, and we didn't stop anybody who wanted to from drinking, just like we don't stop anybody now from using drugs. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, there's a lot of hypocrisy in the war on drugs, but I want to respect you enough to keep it real. Like most Americans, I have used illegal drugs. I wasn't introduced to them at my all black public elementary school in Chicago, and at my Catholic high school, a lot more kids drank than smoked weed. The first time I was around a lot of people who used drugs was actually at Yale, (laughs) where I went to college, and then at Harvard, where I went to law school. I'm glad I never got caught when I smoked pot. And I'm also glad that Barack Obama was not arrested and prosecuted for any of the times that he used cocaine and marijuana. So my final point, ladies and gentlemen, we call it a war on drugs, but it's mainly a war on black people. They are the people who get stopped and frisked. Last year in New York City, 50,000 people got arrested for marijuana possession, 50,000. Almost 90% were black or Latino. That's not who really uses drugs. The National Institute Institute of Health tells us that black people don't use drugs more than any other group. they are about 12% of drug users. But who gets locked up for drug crimes? Almost two-thirds are black, 12% of people who do the crime, 60% of people who do the time. And that's selective prosecution, and it's devastated the African-American community. And that just seems profoundly unfair. My friends, as a civilized society, we shouldn't punish people for being sick. We shouldn't put anybody in a cage based on what they put in their mouths. There's a better way. It's to legalize drugs.
0: Thank you. Paul Butler. Our motion is legalize drugs, and now here to speak against the motion... Asa Hutchinson. He is the CEO of the Hutchinson Group and a former congressman. He has served as administrator of the Drug Enforcement Administration and as the first undersecretary for the Department of Homeland Security. Ladies and gentlemen, Asa Hutchinson.
4: Thank you. What an exciting evening to debate an important subject for our country and for our future. Paul, great job in your opening remarks. An African-American, who also happens to be in a leadership position in the United States, attended the Summit of the Americas in Columbia, South America. He said it is okay for us to debate the pros and cons of the war on drugs, but, quote, I personally and my administration position is that legalization is not the answer, end quote. That was President Barack Obama. I happen to agree with President Barack Obama. I agree that there are changes that need to be made as we look at how we enforce our laws. I agree that we need to have a robust debate about incarceration policies and what we're doing in our fight against illegal drugs and how much we're devoting to rehabilitation. All of those issues are appropriate to be on the table. So why why did the president take the position that legalization is not the answer? Perhaps he understood the success that we have achieved whenever we look at the fact that drug use has been cut in half over the last 30 years in our country. Did he want to preside? And I know people, I see some skeptical looks when I say that. That is in your program. That is part of the debate topic and the acknowledgement that over the last 30 years, drug use has been cut in half in our country, and we have a president that says he does not want to see it go up on his watch. And so the president made that decision, both personally, he said, and with his administration. Let's look at the argument that's been presented. They say the current model of prohibition is not working. While that might appeal to the popular culture, It does not pass muster and close examination. In fact, drug usage is down over the last 30 years. Whenever you look at our war on poverty that President Lyndon Johnson proclaimed, what, 30, 35 years ago? Whenever he proclaimed that, have we eliminated poverty today? Does that mean because we have not eliminated poverty that we should stop fighting hunger? Of course not. Well, we to call it a war on drugs, which is not by preferred terminology. I believe it is an effort to save lives. It is our youth, it is our families, it is our communities at stake. How do you decrease harmful drugs in our community? Is it by legalization, or is it by our present method of saying, let's improve the system, let's make it better, but let's don't throw it out and say we're going to just turn off the spigot and make everything legal. Secondly, they talk about harm. If you believe that addictive and mind-altering drugs, such as heroin, methamphetamine, and cocaine, are harmful, if you believe that they are harmful, then ask this question. If you legalize, will it increase or decrease the use and the availability of harmful drugs? And if you increase... Uh, drug usage will increase drug addiction, harmful reaction to it. They cannot show and I believe the burden is on them they cannot show that logically and over history that if you decriminalize, if you legalize harmful drugs that usage is going to go down. That has not been the experience in the Netherlands, it's not been the experience in the United Kingdom, it's not been the experience in Alaska, it has not been the experience in Canada usage has gone up I'm John Donvan, and you're listening to Intelligence Squared U.S. The motion is, the war is over. It
0: is time to legalize drugs. I'm John Donvan, and you're listening to Intelligence Squared U.S., Oxford-style debating on America's shores. Welcome back to the program. We are halfway through the opening round of this Intelligence Squared U.S. debate. I'm John Donvan. We have four debaters, two teams of two, fighting it out over this motion, legalize drugs. You have heard two of the opening statements, and now on to the third, debating in support of the motion, legalize drugs, the editor-in-chief of Reason.com and Reason TV. He's the author of the Declaration of Independence, TS, and described as one of the foremost libertarians in America. Ladies and gentlemen, Nick Gillespie.
2: Uh, you know, you've heard uh, from a self-described soldier in the drug war. You've heard from a general, a commander, former Drug Enforcement Administration personnel in the drug war. You'll hear from a medic in the drug war. I present myself simply as a conscientious objector in the war on drugs. Let me explain a bit of why I think we should legalize drugs. Uh, and, and the first, I want, I want to make two large points. Uh, You know, it's not a war on drugs. It is a war on racial, ethnic, and age-based minorities because it's kids who get wrapped up in the war on drugs. It's not old people. Any program that has such disparate impacts as the ones that Paul was talking about should come under scrutiny regardless of its intentions and and its champions. As a 2005 cost-benefit analysis of the war on drugs by the super conservative American Enterprise Institute, uh, which looked at the effectiveness. Uh, The conclusion by uh, David Boyum and Peter Rother was American drug policy has little to show by way of success for that $2.5 trillion that John mentioned at the beginning of the program. Mark Perry, an economist at AEI, has pointed out that between 1970 and 2010, annual spending on drug control has gone up 10 times while the addiction rate has remained flat. In other words, we have become the world's largest jailer nation without seriously getting better outcomes. The war on drugs is losing the battle for hearts and minds. A recent Rasmussen poll, 8% of people think we're winning the war on drugs. A century of failure has finally woken Americans up to the simple fact that prohibition exacerbates all of the social problems it is supposed to ameliorate. The Rand Corporation and other think tanks have found no consistent correlation between a nation's Legal regime towards drugs and use rates. So in some countries, you have lax drug laws and high use rates or low use rates. Places like America, we have stern drug laws and high use rates. So if you're concerned about the effects of drug use on society, you should reject the failed policies pursued by often well-meaning but seriously misinformed drug warriors, uh, also known as the loyal opposition here. Now, drug legalization is not a scary prospect. It's not the radical change that its champions claim nor its uh, opponents fear. And let me, as, as I'm winding down, how many of you have tried an illegal drug? Raise your hand. Uh, anybody carrying? And if so, <laughs> okay. I'll uh, uh, talk to you Nick, later. Can, can, Nick, for our radio audience, how many hands did you see? Up I think the it proportion- was about 100%. <laughs> Look. According to government statistics, fully 47% of Americans over the age of 12 have done so. So when we are talking about what drug legalization would look like, first off, it's all marijuana use. Vanishingly small people and percentage of people use drugs other than marijuana. But let me just say, I'll close with, there is not a single dimension across which pot is more dangerous than alcohol, which is pretty much all you need to know about a post prohibition American society. It would be a lot like today, except that you would have one or two more choices in your medicine cabinet, and about 400,000 fewer people a year would go to jail. Police would be able to focus on actual criminals, and Monday mornings would be a lot easier to face. So please, think about legalizing drugs. Thank you. Thank you, Nick Gillespie. And that's our motion, legalize
0: drugs. And now, our final debater speaking against this motion Theodore Dalrymple. He is a retired doctor who practiced in an inner-city hospital and a prison. He is also a prolific uh, writer, and he is a fellow at the Manhattan Institute. Ladies and
3: gentlemen, Theodore Dalrymple. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's alleged by the proposers of this motion uh, that the harms that arise from illicit drug-taking, production, and distribution arise because of their illegality and not because of their nature and that therefore if we could only just go down to our local corner store to pick up our crack or our phencyclidine or our methamphetamine or our heroin or our LSD etc the harms uh, would be eliminated and very much reduced mm-hmm. anyway it is not so that the harms arise from illegality in this country about as many people now die annually from opioid poisoning as from homicide those fatal Opioids are overwhelmingly prescription drugs obtained perfectly legally. It's about 15,000 a year die of these drugs. But the supply and demand of them arose suddenly in a matter of a handful of years, and it was all nice and above board. There are now said to be 2 million uh, addicts to these drugs, and all, as I said, created perfectly legally. In Scotland as a whole and in Dublin... More people are now dying of a perfectly legal drug, methadone, and this drug is used in the supposed treatment of heroin addiction. So the legal drug is now killing more than the illegal drug. So it's not true that the harms of drugs arise only from their illegality. We've seen that even if every homicide in this country, every single one, were the result of the illicit trade in drugs deaths from legally obtained opioids would equal to deaths from that trade. It's also alleged by the proposers that criminality is caused, more or less, by the illegality of drugs. And again, this is not so. In the prison in which I worked, I discovered that the heroin addicts who were imprisoned there, and had committed, uh, they had committed between 50 and 200 offences before they ever took heroin. Therefore, it would be more true to say that they were addicts because they were criminal than that they were criminal because they were addicts. This has been found elsewhere, and research shows that criminality is a better predictor of addiction than is addiction of criminality. And criminal criminal gangs are not going to file for bankruptcy if drugs are legalised. They're going to change their activities. So making the importation or production, distribution and sale of drugs would be dangerous and it would not have the claimed benefits because the illegality of drugs is the occasion and not the cause of crime. And therefore, ladies and gentlemen, I ask you uh, to vote against the motion.
0: Thank you, Theodore D'Arimple. And that concludes round one of this Intelligence Squared U.S. debate where our motion is legalize drugs. We have two teams of two arguing out this motion, legalize drugs. The team arguing for the motion, Paul Butler and Nick Gillespie, are arguing. We've heard them say that partly it's a freedom thing, that grown-ups have uh, the right to put what they want in their own bodies. But beyond that, they say that the war on drugs costs in too many ways without a resulting drop in crime significantly and that it disproportionately hits the African American community in terms of people getting locked up behind bars simply for possession of drugs. The team arguing for the motion, Asa Hutchinson and Theodore Dalrymple, they're saying you cannot say that the war on drugs has failed, not when drug use among Americans has dropped 50% in 30 years. They also point to the fact that drugs and crime and addiction go together. Those are some of the arguments we've heard presented, and we're going to work through some of them in more detail now. And I want to go first to the team arguing against the motion to legalize drugs. Your opponents have have made the claim that the war on drugs as constructed really is a war on young black kids, that that the number of kids who are put in jail is just disproportionately high and has had terrible consequences on the community. And I want to know, does your side concede or refute that basic claim? Asa Hutchinson.
4: Well, I think it's a it's an issue that has to continually be looked at. Uh, I think there was a disparity in penalties that uh, impacted our African-American community when it came to crack and powder cocaine. We made a huge step forward. Congress passed a remedy to that. I think there's been some uh, challenges with the mandatory minimums. That's made some, we've made some corrections in that as well. But uh, methamphetamine is such a huge problem across all of the Midwest. That's predominantly a Caucasian drug, and that's where the law enforcement is enforcing its its efforts right now. So I don't concede the point at all. But I think we, you know, you look at the African American communities, and we have significant amount in Arkansas. We have high poverty rates, high unemployment rates right now. We have uh, uh, many social problems that are impacted by that community, and it is it is uh, reflected also in what happens uh, in the drug world.
0: All right, let's go to the other side. Uh, Paul Butler, do you want to respond to that?
4: Yeah, it's just not true. Asa makes it sound like blacks use drugs
1: more than anybody else, and as anyone who's been to college or high school knows, it's simply not true. We really shouldn't be talking about legalizing drugs. We should be talking about re-legalizing them. For most of our history, drugs have been perfectly legal. You could go into a drugstore in the 1800s and buy opium. Coca-Cola started out with a cocaine derivative in it. So what made them become legal? Illegal. Nothing to do with public safety. It was all about race. First drug criminalized, opium. San Francisco, 1890. The concern was that Chinamen were using it to seduce white women. can trace it right down the line. Marijuana, Mexican field hands. It was making them lazy. Uh, With blacks, it was that coconized Negroes were running rampant in the South. So our war on drugs is about race through and through. It always has been, and it is right now. But in- I
4: have a question for you that I would like to ask. You know, we didn't really cover this, and that is how the uh, uh, legalization would work. You take heroin or methamphetamine. I would presume if it's legalized, the state would be granting licenses so that you can regulate the purity and the quality of the heroin and that the methamphetamine is quality stuff. So I... I'm curious, one, is this not another government regime that's being created with a libertarian uh, argument that you're creating? So you're creating more government by your libertarian uh, approach wanting to legalize uh, drugs because they're going to have oh to regulate it and tax it. So how's that going to work? I uh,
2: All right, respectfully submit that I have never taken a drug strong enough for that argument to be convincing. Uh, but... In Colorado, uh, you know, the, the initiative that was passed for marijuana legalization was basically, I mean, it was out there, and it's a similar thing in Washington State, to treat marijuana like wine, beer, and alcohol. But it's not a choice between anarchy and, uh, you know, a ratcheted-down uh, regulatory system. The real question is about legalizing drugs. If do you consider alcohol to be legal, let's have a regime that is very similar to that, for currently illegal uh, substances. Let me step in and and, and ask Paul Butler something. Paul,
0: you you uh, drew a distinction between uh, treating uh, addiction and punishing addiction, which suggests that perhaps unlike your partner, you're talking about addiction as a problem that needs to be addressed by the society. In other words, are you saying drug use is a problem?
1: Well, I think addiction is a medical issue, and I think Nick and I agree that only a small percentage of people who use drugs, become addicted to it. So most people are able to use marijuana and other drugs recreationally and go to work the next day. Uh, Most people are also able to do that with uh, alcohol. Uh, For the percentage of people who have substance abuse problems with it, we know, the good doctor knows, that's a health issue. So the way to treat that problem is to use what we know about medicine. Not, we know, not what we know about locking people up, because what we know about locking people up is it doesn't work.
3: Dr. Dalrymple. Well, I, I actually don't agree that addiction is, a medical, is fundamentally a medical problem. Uh, and you think it's a moral problem? I do, yes. Wow. And it, well, a moral problem and a social problem and a psychological problem and a spiritual problem, and it's only to a very small extent. A medical problem. I mean, there are medical consequences, of course, but this is not what is important. Let me
0: me ask your partner, Ace Hutchinson, uh, but we've had a few references to alcohol, and the the nation did try, uh, amended the Constitution to outlaw alcohol consumption and decided it was a mistake. What's the difference between alcohol and the uh, prescribed drugs?
4: Well, they're, they're all problematic drugs subject to abuse. The debate question tonight, though, of course, is legalizing all drugs. Uh, And again, I go back to the question, which relates to ending prohibition in the late 1920s. You ended prohibition on alcohol, use went up, availability went up, regulation went up, taxation went up. And you compare that to legalizing methamphetamine. You're going to have a an opportunity for the state to regulate uh, methamphetamine producers, and it's going to be taxed, and so the price will be set by the marketplace, which is regulated and taxed. And so the question is, will you end crime? Will you end the cartels? Will you end the black market because you regulate methamphetamine? Of course not. And so all of your hope of ending the DEA or ending law enforcement will not happen, with legalization. Here,
2: you know, I think Nicholas there's a B. major
4: uh, uh,
2: kind of conceptual error when we're talking about crime here. When we know that Mexican cr- uh, drug cartels are killing people on both sides of the border, uh, when's the last time you heard about a Dos Equis shootout <laughs> where a beer distributor crossing? I hundreds, hundreds I mean,
3: of it, times, most it, murders are it, committed you know, under
2: the influence <laughs> of alcohol. Oh. The last time you heard about that sort of thing was during alcohol prohibition, I, and so it's not that. Are you going to have a black market for methamphetamine? Sure. Uh, Absolutely, you know what? we already do. What would happen is if we had a legal one, the other social harms would be reduced. It be just
3: make a, a, a couple of small points. Uh, When we look at the murder rate during Prohibition, it is, of course, perfectly true that it went up. But in the same period before Prohibition, the murder rate went up by 85%. And in six years, between 1900 and 1906, the murder rate in this country went up by 325%. So I think that the relationship between violent crime and Prohibition is probably not nearly as close as people imagine. Can I interrupt, though, and ask a question from something
0: that Asa Hutchinson said earlier, uh, in which he he reported that in the last 30 years, the use of uh, drugs by Americans has declined 30 percent, and and, uh, sorry, 50 percent, and he sees that correlation being directly related to to causation that the drug war uh, actually means that fewer Americans use drugs. Are you impressed by that statistic, Paul Pudler?
1: I'm not, in part because we have to do our cost benefit analysis. If that's true, is it worth it? The costs have been two and a half million people in prison. The cost have been one in three young black men with a criminal case. The costs have been billions of dollars that we can't afford.
2: Nicholas. I, I mean, I'd like to defer to the uh, experience and the expertise of the p- opposition to legalization, but I'm left wondering what world we're talking about here. When, and, and here are the stats that are important. The government uh, runs something called the National Survey on Drug Use and Health. Basically, 30 day, in the, the past month, use, they ask people, have you used this drug in the past 30 days, which is kind of a proxy for you know, a regular user or a casual user. About 7% of people over the ages of 12, 12-year-olds, uh, 12 by the way, it's uh, you know almost 100%, they say yes to everything. Uh, but... About 7% of Americans say that they've used pot in the past month. By far, by a factor of three or more, that's the most widely used illegal drug or legal drug that's used illegally. When you're talking about things like meth and heroin, one-tenth of 1%, hallucinogens covering a wide range of things, five-tenths of one percent, crack, or cocaine including crack, six-tenths of one percent. These are non-factors, and as Paul was suggesting, if they're made legal, who who out here is going to be like, finally, heroin is legal, (laughs) you know? Let's try it. No. Okay, that's not going to happen. It's about pot.
4: I think logic tells you usage goes up, and this debate is not about marijuana. It is drugs, plural and to be consistent in your philosophy of libertarianism, which my colleagues are consistent. Uh, they recognize it doesn't do any good to legalize one. You have to legalize all, and if you le- because that's the only way you're going to change the environment of enforcement, to change the environment of, of police. And so the debate tonight is about legalizing all drugs. I'm John Donvan, and you're listening to Intelligence Squared U.S., Oxford-style
0: debating on America's shores. Four panelists are arguing for and against this motion. It is time to legalize drugs. Stay with us. I'm John Donvan, and you're listening to Intelligence Squared U.S., Oxford-style debating on America's shores. Welcome back to the program. All right, let's go to some questions from the audience. And I, I want to remind you that we are now in the question and answer section of this Intelligence Squared U.S. debate. I'm John Donvan, your moderator. We have four debaters, two against two, who are arguing it out over this motion, legalize drugs. Sir.
2: Um, I'd like to understand a bit more, uh, Mr. Hutchinson, the comments you made about that we can't legalize one without essentially legalizing them all, that it's, it's not useful. But historically we have legalized one very major drug, and that is alcohol. Why wouldn't uh, legalizing just one more, say going with heroin, that's not heroin, but going with marijuana, <laughs> <laughs> gotta pick the right one. Why wouldn't going uh, one step further and thus removing the tremendous amount of, of people who are in jail for that and all the money that's going to the criminals that sell it today, why okay. wouldn't that hey, be Sergeant. useful? Hutchinson, thank you.
4: You're right, uh, we're a democracy, so you could choose to legalize heroin if you wish. Uh, or marijuana and pick one of them. But my argument would be, generally people say, well, one of the reasons we need to legalize because you've got to put the cartels out of business. Well, they're smart business folks, and they ha- have diversified. So if you legalize marijuana, they're going to trade in cocaine, methamphetamine, and they will market those. But the second point is simply that the debate topic is not just about marijuana. It is broad-based uh, legalization because well, that's the debate topic, and that's what we're trying to stick to.
0: If somebody wants to use any of the drugs that are currently illegal, aside from the fact that they're breaking the law, just in terms of the little bubble of their own life, is that anybody's business but their own? Is, in other words, where, where is the, the social dimension
4: to uh, this, that use? Well, the social dimension is, uh, and I hate to keep Speaking of methamphetamine, but that's a real problem where, I, where I'm from. And uh, methamphetamine, you are manufacturing it. You've got children around. Uh, they're they're uh, taking the methamphetamine, and they're abandoning their kids for weeks on end. And so it's a child welfare issue that, that is extraordinarily harmful. Uh, it is environmentally unsafe. And, so and those are your world, societal so problems. In, in yeah. your pa- world, for somebody
1: to get help, they have to admit that they're a criminal.
4: No you can go get treatment anytime you want to and you don 't have admit to admit that you 've broken the law Well, of course, you know that if somebody has a, a problem with an addiction and they go into a clinic they 're not going to get arrested for it they 're going to get help and they're get treatment and that 's the goal in the workplace too. If you do testing and uh, you find a worker who has got an abuse problem they 're not sending the police they 're sending them treatment and that 's the objectives of the employers and that 's working well in the workplace and all of that effort would be abandoned if you went through legalization. All of a sudden, why would you drug test anybody?
2: uh, That's a good question. Why do we now? Because most people who get drug tested, you get drug tested when you're applying for a job, and that's it. It's a hurdle to weed out people who, you know, on other grounds. (laughs) Uh, And just to follow up on one point, the reason why I'm stressing marijuana goes back to some things that Paul is saying, and I don't think that the other side is fully acknowledging, which is that the use ratios are Pot, much less uh, prescription drugs, and then these tiny, vanishing statistical errors of things like heroin. Even if you double or triple the heroin use, it goes from point one t- or one tenth of one percent of Americans to three tenths of one percent. I don't think that's a reason to hold Do everyone you, else hostage who can act responsibly.
4: Well, I mean, in Eight terms of the of numbers, if you're looking at marijuana use in the schools. Uh, I just come back to the fundamental question, if you legalize it, two things happen. One, the kids say, if it's legal for my folks, how could it be harmful? The government says it's legal now. And usage goes up because of that. Secondly, the availability goes up.
1: Nobody thinks tobacco is okay because it's legal. Yeah, but, but the, the point that, that
0: Asa made, that if a, if, a kid, if kids see that their parents are, are smoking dope, or that's... Or
2: drinking. Uh, yeah, here. all
0: right, fine, but make it drinking. You yeah. don't think that there's a lesson... No,
2: actually, what I would uh, what I would suggest is that when you see your parents and other adults using a drug responsibly, and we need to keep coming back to this point, drug use does not equal drug abuse. Those are two very separate things, and we can deal with them, but when you see your parents having a glass of wine with dinner and acting responsibly around an intoxicant, you learn a very strong lesson there that is going to be much more beneficial to you than if you grew up in a teetotaler house and then you uh, have so, the unfortunate experience of going to Yale and Harvard. So it's like you, <laughs> Paul here.
0: Ma'am, um, uh, right up against the, the wall. Hi, uh, Diana Jimenez. I come from Mexico, and in the past six years we've had 60,000 people dead in drug-related violence. My question is, legalizing drugs would do better for cartel violence or worse? I want to go to Paul Butler, since that used to be your job uh, to a degree. Sure. And and,
1: and if we listen to the leaders of the Latin American countries, uh, they're calling for more responsible drug policies, including for us to consider legalization, because they know that the violence is sparked by the illegal market, which is sparked by the enormous demand for drugs from the United States. So if we get rid of that illegal market, including by having drugs regulated like we regulate tobacco and alcohol now, uh, we'll get rid of the violence. Well, to that
4: point, the answer is absolutely no. Do you think the legalization of drugs will put the cartel out of business? It might make them adjust. But there's alien smuggling, which they're engaged in now. There's other activities. I met with President Vicente Fox whenever he was president. He was concerned not only about the cartels. He was concerned about the demand, growing demand problem and usage in Mexico of his people. And that was a concern there. And so it's not just about the cartel. It's about drug usage. I don't know of any Latin American uh, country that wants to legalize all the drugs, heroin, cocaine, down the road.
0: And uh, Mike, will come to you. My
4: sister married a uh,
0: Dutch guy, and their wedding was in Amsterdam about seven or eight years ago. And none of the Dutch people at the wedding could care less about pot. So it's been available to them uh, their whole lives, and and it seems to have taken some of the thrill away from it. Do you think that that would would hold true here. You know, would we, pot stop being cool? Yeah, if, you know, uh, you take some of the cool and say, you know, if, if your parents right. are smoking pot, um, does that let take, me, I'm going to take the question first to Asa Hutchinson. Um, <laughs> would it take the thrill away and the attraction away?
4: It, it becomes very common, but let's look more carefully, and I've been to the Netherlands and I've been to the coffee houses and, uh, but, you know... It, you, <laughs> the uh, Where you, you, you got, drank you, coffee. You got to invent. Yeah. <laughs> You've got got to investigate carefully. Uh, But the Dutch governments had second thoughts after years of expanding the the cannabis cafes. I think they realized they became a uh, tourist mecca for that purpose and what you just described. And so the number of Dutch marijuana coffee houses dropped from almost 1,200 in 1997 to 782. 73% 73% of the Dutch towns do not allow cannabis cafes. And so I think it was a mistake, the path that they went down. They recognize that they've retreated from that, both in terms of their reputation and the commercial enterprise, but also I just think it's a, a, a direction that the Dutch towns did not want to go down. Right, let's let Paul Butler come in.
1: And so there are fewer coffee houses because there's less of a demand. It turned out in Amsterdam, when they made smoking pot legal, fewer kids wanted to do it. So respectfully, uh, Dr. Theodore Asa, if you really want kids to stop smoking pot, uh, you should go on TV yourselves and fire up a big juice of blood. <laughs> we have a uh, we're, –
0: we're being live streamed, and uh, we have a question that's come in to us from Washington State uh, via Facebook. Tom Glassman. He asks, is the legalize, legalization of a drug, for example, marijuana, something that should be left to the states to decide? Nicholas
2: uh, Yeah, you know, it, this is a, a fascinating political question that the Obama administration in particular is going to have to deal with because uh, traditionally the Democrats, uh, or at least over the past 30 or 40 years, assert the primacy of federal law over every matter, no matter what, whether it's funding or regulations or whatnot. I guess it's a second-best answer to say that drug legalization should be left to localities or to states as opposed to a one-size-fits-all federal solution. Let's uh, let the states and localities be laboratories of of, uh, democracy and see what what happens to the experiments. I think we have time for one more question. Um, Ma'am.
4: Hi, my name is Tatiana Martyshev. I'm in the healthcare profession, and I mostly deal with pain management. And I have a lot of clients who are getting treatment for cancer And they actually tell me that their doctors say to them, listen, the best thing for you is actually just go buy some pot because it's actually much more effective in managing the pain. It's cheaper than the drugs. Why not give them something that is readily available to them if they just walk down the street and pay someone.
0: Okay. Um, take the, the side arguing against legalization. Well, Asa Hutchinson. I,
4: I mean, anytime a doctor or the American Medical Society says a patient needs something for pain management, I'll be the first one to sign up for it. Doctors in the medical profession should determine what's appropriate pain management and care. At this point, uh, the AMA has not uh, approved that. And so That's the answer. I don't think that relates uh, to the overall debate question, but it's certainly uh, an appropriate question to ask.
0: You you just said that you don't feel that that question relates to the
4: motion, and and you've said that a few times on a few questions. Why why not? Well, I mean, medical marijuana is a separate and distinct issue. Uh, Some states put medical marijuana on the ballot, which takes a doctor's prescription or authorization, And so that's not a legalization issue. It is a physician issue in pain management and doctor's care.
0: And that concludes round two of this Intelligence Squared U.S. debate. Here's where we are. We are about to hear brief closing statements from each debater in turn. And this is their last chance to try to change your minds. Remember, you voted before the debate, and you will be asked to vote again Right after these closing statements, the team that has changed the most minds will be declared our winner. Our motion is legalize drugs, and here to summarize his position against the motion, Asa Hutchinson, former administrator of
4: the Drug Enforcement Administration. Today, as I prepared for this debate, I received a call from a family friend in Arkansas who is a grown mother, actually has two 30-year-old girls. And she said both of them are on methamphetamine, and she simply asked, what do I do about it? And, of course, uh, I started thinking through, how does legalization impact this very real tragedy that is destroying this home and this family and one of the 30-year-old daughters have children? And I could not think of a system of legalization that would make this better because this person that has a, a problem will never get the treatment necessary to get over that addiction unless they're confronted with it and probably from a legal standpoint. It is that officer that will say, ma'am, you've got methamphetamine in your car, you need to get help, we're gonna arrest you or you're gonna go to drug court, something's gonna happen, and that will change their life. And this could be multiplied over and over again. Ladies and gentlemen, this is about legalizing drugs. If you send a signal to our youth of our nation, the next generation, as President Barack Obama wants to do, that it is illegal, then usage will stay at a modest level, hopefully a declining level. If you legalize it, usage will go up. If you believe it is harmful, then you should vote no on the proposition. Thank you very much. Thank
0: you, Asa Hutchinson. Our motion is legalized drugs, and here to make his closing statement in support of the motion, Paul Butler, Georgetown law professor and former federal prosecutor.
1: Uh, Thanks first to my great partner and my very worthy opponents. It it sounds, though, like I was wrong about how Asa would respond to someone who he cares about who has a drug problem, because it does sound like he thinks the best thing to do is to call the police. Uh, I just fundamentally disagree with that. Um, I don't think that in order to get treated for a drug problem, you have to admit, you should have to admit that you're a criminal. Uh, I agree with President Obama when he said during the first campaign that it's it's blind and counterproductive to lock up nonviolent drug offenders. If it worked, if it got drugs off the street, then maybe I'd support it. But we know that it just doesn't work. The determination of who goes to criminal court in chains should not be so fortuitous. It should not depend so much on the color of your skin or how much money your parents make. As long as it does, we need to legalize drugs.
0: Thank you, Paul Butler. And that is our motion, legalize drugs. And here to make his closing statement against the motion, Theodore Dalrymple. He is a former prison doctor and the Dietrich Weissman Fellow at the Manhattan
3: Institute. Well, ladies and gentlemen, first let me just remind you that Amsterdam is by far the most violent city in Western Europe, uh, with a murder rate between two two and a half and three times higher than that of Paris, for example. To give you an idea of the the, the utopianism that is behind this motion, let me tell you that the head of the drug uh, agency of the United Nations once said that the drugs trade was corrupting West Africa. Now, if you can believe that, you can believe anything. Because when I arrived in Lagos Airport, the first time I arrived in Lagos Airport, the uh, customs officer said, have you brought any presents? I said, "Uh, I don't know anybody in uh, Nigeria. He said, for me. (laughs) And I soon got the general view. Crime is not caused by the illegality of uh, drugs, nor is their illegality the cause of the problems to which they give rise. But remember that genies do not go back into the bottles when they are commanded to do so. So please vote against the motion. Thank you, Theodore Downrath.
0: Our motion is legalize drugs. And here to make his closing statement in support of the motion, Nick Gillespie, editor-in-chief of Reason.com
2: and Reason TV. The status quo in the drug war is untenable and destructive for all of the reasons that my partner outlined. There is no way around it. The drug war has always been prosecuted along racial lines, along class lines, and other discriminatory practices. That's not going to change. It's not going to get better in the second hundred years of drug prohibition. Uh, More to the point, I want you to think about, as you think about legalizing drugs, recognize is use the same as abuse, because that's the underlying uh, kind of uh, premise of the anti-legalization moment. So, uh, movement. To say, uh, you know, drug, uh, marijuana use might go up, so what? If it's not bad, if it's no different than taking a beer, if it's not qualitatively different than having a beer or a martini, maybe that's not such a bad thing. In the end, the legalization movement is a movement for personal responsibility where we criminalize bad behavior but not uh, arbitrary substances. So please, legalize drugs. Legalize more drugs.
0: And that concludes our closing statements. And now it is time to learn which side you feel has argued the best. Our motion is legalize drugs. So remember, we've asked you to vote twice where you stand on this motion before you hear the arguments and afterwards. And the the team that has changed its uh, results by the largest percentage will be declared our winner. So here was the motion. Legalize drugs before the debate, 45 percent agreed with the motion. 23% were against, and 32% were undecided. After the debate, let's go first to the team arguing for the motion. Their second vote was 58%, 45 to up to 58%. That is a move of 13%. That's what needs to be beaten. The team against the motion. Their first vote was 23%. The second vote was 30%. They've only gone up 7%. It is not enough. The debate goes to the other side. Our winners, the teams arguing in favor of the motion, legalize drugs. Our congratulations to them. Thank you from me, John Donvan, and Intelligence Square at U.S., where we like to say, think twice. This Intelligence Squared U.S. debate was held at the Kaufman Center in New York City. Dana Wolf is the executive producer. Maureen McMurray and Rob Christensen are the radio producers. Damon Whittemore is the audio engineer. Chris Kamakawa is researcher. And I'm your host, John Donvan. For more information or to purchase tickets to future events, visit www.iq2us.org. To hear the full unedited version or to sign up for the Intelligence Squared podcast, visit npr.org forward slash intelligence squared. Intelligence Squared U.S. is supported by the Rosencrantz Foundation and distributed by NPR.